0: I know the odds look stacked against you and it seems there's no way out. I know the issue seems unchangeable and that there's no reason to Shout, but the impossible is God's chance to work a miracle, a miracle. So just know it ain't over until God says it's over it ain't over until god says it's done no 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 it ain't over until god says it's over keep fighting until your victory is won always oh, gonna be easy, but you're a winner, but you're a winner in the end. Jesus defeated, all your enemies, way before the fight began, before the fight began, love yes. love the impossible. God's opportunity to show up for the miracle. 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 A miracle. So just know so it, ain't, over it ain't, over ain't all until God says it ain't all until God says it's it done. Until God says, till God
1: says it's over. Keep, fighting.
0: keep fighting till your victory. Oh, oh, oh. when people say you can't, remember he can. He can. when you don't know what you're gonna do. Oh,
2: Good afternoon and
3: welcome to Building Wealth Together with our experts Rosalind Booker, Rhonda Hutchinson, Melanie Williamson, and Chris Ziegler. Here is Building Wealth 7 KHVN.
2: Well, good morning or good afternoon, radio listeners. I tell you what, this pandemic has got us having our days and times all mixed up, but we have just turned the noon hour. I am Roz B., aka Roslyn Booker, and your host for today's show, Building Wealth Together. We're getting back to the basics, y'all. We're empowering lives to build legacies and wealth through real estate, credit, mortgage lending, and insurance. I am going to introduce some wonderful team members here in just a minute. I am not by myself, thank God we are doing this together. Just wanted to share Building Wealth Together back to the basics. We are here on KHVN Radio every first, second, third, and fourth Saturdays, we're here with you. We're creating and building a foundation We're creating pillars for wealth, wealth building that is. If you wanna know what is this all about, this new show? Well, we're an education and information platform that's reaching out to the communities. And not just the communities, y'all, we're reaching the world. Whoever has access to a phone, a radio, a a computer, the app, I know they are chimed in right now. And if you want to take a moment, a pause for the cause, and just spread the word about this wonderful show take that moment right now get on your social medias uh, call somebody text somebody and say hey look you've got to tune in right now to heaven 97 970 am there is a power pack team on board giving us some valuable information so we're here providing our listening community with the basic principles, some tools, some keys to wealth building strategies, and what I love, love, love is that each one of our team members, we love the Lord, y'all. We lift him high. He is the center of our joy, so our businesses are Christ-centered. We're focused on that and using and integrating those biblical tools and practical principles because the truth is we need both because after we get off of our knees we're going to have to what take action and that action often uh, involves us doing something doing something about it to meet him at the promises so we're also honing and getting better at those skills and developing new habits those habits Um, that help us make better decisions, right? Um, And gain a new perspective. Sometimes all it takes, you guys, is not only a heart shift, but a mind shift in the right direction so that we can make the best decisions for today. And how many people wanna be a better steward? over what God has already given us because he's a miracle worker you know he's a provider he by the grace that he gives he takes that little bit and makes it so much so we are bringing ministry to the marketplace in such a way that it is going to be so impactful. And you know what, as we are here together each and every week, we are learning too. So again, the emphasis is we're doing this together. We're better together. Now I need you to Go on Facebook and find us at Building Wealth Together Radio. That's the name of the page. It's Building Wealth Together Radio. And go ahead and like that page. We have a lot of valuable information there. You can reach us at 469-795-1708. Again, that's 469-795-1708. Zero eight. I want to take a moment and introduce this Power Pack team again. I'm your host, Roz B. As Roz B. That's that's the radio name. I'm Roslyn Booker. Principal broker, CEO of Arbrook Realty. We are a full-service real estate company helping those individuals with their residential and commercial real estate needs. Our motto is we help birth dreams and build legacies. I'm going to introduce Ms. Melanie Williamson, y'all. We call her Melanie Michelle. She's a doll, and she's with White Jacobs and Associates. Melanie.
1: Well, hello, radio listeners. I am so glad to be back today this week. Hope everybody is doing great out there and staying safe. Um, I'm, again, with White Jacobs and Associates, the credit authority, and I am so glad to be here. Thanks, Ross.
2: You're welcome. And next up, I know you hear her roar. We have the lone lioness, none other than Miss Rhonda Hutchison. Rhonda. Hey, good morning, Heaven 97
4: listeners. How are you? I hope you guys are staying safe. I'm excited about being a part of the show this morning. Well, I guess we can say this afternoon because it's noontime, but excited to be here and can't wait to share uh, some knowledge with you guys on this morning.
2: Awesome. And last but definitely not least, he keeps us in order, y'all. We call in Zig, Chris Ziegler.
3: Good afternoon, Heaven 97 listeners. Uh, my name is Chris Ziegler with the Ziegler Agency all state. I'm located in Frisco, Texas, and I serve the whole state of Texas. And I want to give a shout out because we have some listeners in other parts of the country, and uh, some of uh, my family and friends in Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, and Colorado. So glad you guys could join us today.
2: That is awesome. Now, before we get into the meat of the matter, let's pray. Every heart lifted towards heaven. And I'm just hearing the Lord say, pray for provision today. So Heavenly Father, we just honor you. You are so wonderful. We thank you for this awesome day that you've made. We're rejoicing and so glad in it. We thank you for the provision of Jesus. We thank you for every great benefit that Jesus has. It's a part of our identity. It's a part of our inheritance. We thank you for the provision of safety. We thank you for the provision of great health. We thank you for the provision of wisdom. God, just speak, speak today and let what these words do accomplish way more than we could ever expect, ask, or imagine. In your name, amen. Amen. And yeah. hallelujah. So I just wanted to acknowledge our co-sponsors today uh, will be White Jacobs & Associates, the credit authority, Mr. Tamil Acker with Acker Holdings, and Royce West Jr. Miller Title, West, and Associates LLP. So about today's show, I'm telling you, there is so much information out there. We're in an information age. We don't know what to believe, but I tell you what, Um, from past history, maybe uh, from our biases, maybe how we've even grown up. Maybe we've learned some things wrong, heard some things wrong. But today's show is about debunking myths and fallacies as it pertains to credit, real estate, mortgage, insurance. All right? So we are going to have up next... Miss Rhonda Hutchison with Paramount Residential Mortgage. Take it away, Rhonda. What are some of the myths and fallacies that are going on out there that you are going to shed some light on?
4: Okay, good morning again, uh, listeners. What I, I know that last week we focused on uh, a lot of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic issues that were going around and when related to mortgage, but I wanted to just to come back around to that subject again on this morning. And one of the things that I really wanted to focus on is the fallacy or we can say the myth that if you uh, apply for forbearance that you can continue to make your monthly payments even if it's a full or partial payment. And those payments will be applied to your mortgage uh, continuously as if you were paying and not in forbearance. That is a myth. What I have learned is that those payments will not be applied to your mortgage uh, account as normal. Those funds will be actually placed in what they called a holding account. And at the the end of that forbearance period, whether that's three months or or more, then the uh, payments will then be applied to your mortgage. So they are not being applied directly when you're making those payments if you decide to, okay, I'm going to go ahead and apply for forbearance just in case that uh, things get tough and I can't make my payment. And I'll just go ahead and continue to make those mortgage payments or I'll just continue to make what I can and then, um, then, like you say, just catch up. But those payments are not going to be applied once again to your payment uh, in lieu. Put in a holding account until the uh, end of the forbearance period. So I just want our listeners to be aware of that uh, once they're making that decision uh, whether or not they're going to apply uh, or agree to for forbearance.
1: So Rhonda, uh, a quick question from a consumer standpoint: What is the difference between a deferment and a forbearance? If a consumer was asking, what, what would would that yes,
4: yes, uh, good question. Thank you, uh, Melanie. One of the there's a couple of, of difference, and well, two main difference. One of one of the uh, difference is just how interest is being uh, accrued. In a forbearance, interest is continuing as normal, but in a deferment, the interest is all is put on pause, so it's not accruing, and that's one of the things. So the interest is one of the main difference between. Uh, between deferment and forbearance and then also on a forbearance is also how the payment is handled once you get out of either forbearance or, or deferment in forbearance the payments are due either at the end of that forbearance period as for example if you're in forbearance from April May and June and then July you make your fourth payment that then you have the option to either pay in full at the end of the forbearance period, or you can split those payments up over a, period, a lot of period of time based on the servicer. But in deferment, the payment is actually placed on the end or it's doing full and placed on the end. So in forbearance, you don't have that option of the payment being placed at the end. So that's the difference between acts of deferment and forbearance. The interest, how the interest is, is occurring,
3: and then also when a payment is due. Hey, Ron. Wow. Hey, that's interesting to hear that because I know um, it's a little bit different in the insurance industry uh, how we do the deferment. And it's amazing you talk about the interest and things of that nature. But with insurance, how it works is, Vincent, so we just basically delay the payments. So, hypothetically, if you had six payments of a hundred dollars for six months,
5: mm-hmm.
3: you would defer for those sixty days for those first two months. What we would do. You're not getting rid of the payment. You still got to make that payment, but it's going to be those think that $600 worth of payments divided over four months because they deferred it. So it didn't recruit any interest or anything like that, but it's kind of set up as a little bit different, I guess, in the insurance industry.
4: That is, that's correct, Chris. Yeah. In the mortgage industry, it's just set up a different terminology and what uh, actually deferment and, and forbearance is, is. It is a, it's a difference in the, in the mortgage industry. So I'm glad you pro- uh, brought that up because the people are willing be confused and think that it's all under one umbrella. And it's definitely different uh, in this industry as far as insurance and mortgage is concerned. So great point, Chris.
2: Wow, you know, in this pandemic that we're in and all of the concessions that lenders are offering for those um, who need some help during this time, I mean, Rhonda, what do you think uh, for those who have the agreement where the lump sum is going to be due at the end of that period, and maybe they have gotten unemployment, but yet it's still not enough to make that lump. Uh, what are some of the options uh, for homeowners at that point?
4: Yeah, Ms. Ros- that, Rosby, that's, that's, to me, that's the scary part especially during this time especially for our community is because at that particular time when that deferment period is over with and those payments are due to say on the fourth month if you don't have uh, of course if you are unemployed you're not going to have that four months due right then and there so that's the concern uh, for, for for me as well and of course if you don't have the four months or you're not able to split those payments up within that three or whatever period of time the service agreed to you, then the, then the other alternatives, which we are really want, kind of scared of and don't wanna talk about, is those things like uh, loan modification. And the things like if you're not able to be able to go into loan modification or qualify for loan uh, modification, then there are the other alternatives, which is ultimately and uh, uh, foreclosure. So. Goodness. Yeah, so like, and that's why I'm trying to stress because I know that it's gonna be times when you're gonna lose your job, you don't have an, an alternative but to go into this, this cycle of forbearance. But that's why I just wanna stress if at all possible, don't make the decision to say, okay, in, I'm going to go into forbearance and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that money and I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to pay some debt off. Right. Or I'm just going to put it in the bank and just go into forbearance and uh, save the money for a rainy day or, or later. I just want you to be educated on that and uh, making sure that you're making the right decisions because it's going to be all another, all, another alternative that we may not be, uh, that may be in our best interest, especially for African-American people.
3: Hey, Rhonda, I had a quick question for you. Can you briefly explain, when you say modification, what are some of the basic steps for the modification?
4: Well, the basic loan modification, there's several several modifications, and I don't want to go into that because it takes too much of my time. But what the step is, is once you're not able to uh, either do the forbearance and pay the lump sum up front or split into the monthly payments, then what you have to do is you have to apply for a loan modification and what the loan modification, it changes the terms of your loan. And the concern about that is once you go into loan modification, it could affect your credit. Uh, We know that we talked about that. We don't know in a nutshell what those rules are going to be. And I can't speak right now on how it's going to affect your credit because it's going to be based on and i'm sure uh, melanie michelle may give us another insight on that but i know it's going to be some kind of ramification behind a loan modification but because it does in turn affect the uh terms of your loan.
1: well under the cares act because the cares act is now in place and it's been adjusting and adding more and more it's been really um something that is you know, addressing this economic fallout with the pandemic, so because of that CARES Act, if you make an agreement, uh, let's say you can't make your payment, going back to that, can't make your payment, you need a modification to the loan, the contract, uh, forbear any delinquent amounts, make partial payments, or just, you're simply late. If you make the payment, the arrangement in advance, um, you will get relief from that, and you won't be affected by that Uh, on your credit and that that is where the credit can't report that negatively on your credit uh, account as delinquent during this time during COVID but if you already are late then unfortunately you already are late before COVID even started then that's going to continue to report uh, normally uh, in a delinquent status of course you can bring it up to date or you know pay it up to date but um, you, you definitely don't wanna just stop making payments or not make contact because this you know CARES Act is for individuals who actually call in to make an agreement. So there is an accommodation. If you have to get relief or assistance through an accommodation, uh, you definitely, um, the creditor won't be able to report it now under that CARES Act.
3: Hey, Rhonda, I have a quick question for you. Somebody just texted me a question, one of the listeners, and asked, Will your interest rate go up higher if you do a loan modification?
4: It, it could just based on what your interest rate is initially uh, on your present loan and based on what the interest rate is today as well as any additional layers that a lender or a bank may have on an interest rate. Um, and we spoke about that before as where now the rates yeah the rates are low, but there are lenders and banks that are putting overlays on those rates. And charging those discount points up front because what, what what's the ultimate goal? Liquidity, getting cash. And when you close on that loan, those discount points and that cash go straight to the lender uh, or the bank. And so that's so it it could possibly be a higher interest rate, just really depending on what your rate, interest rate is today. It may be beneficial, and then it may not, just depending on that particular loan of a uh, particular individual.
3: I want to thank that listener for texting that um, question to me. Thanks. that's greatly appreciated.
4: Absolutely. Okay. Okay, then, well, next, let's, admit, let's take a commercial break with White Jacobs and Associates.
5: for credit repair. First, make sure you're looking at an accurate credit report from all three bureaus. Mortgage reports are good too. Avoid relying on scores from free sources, which are usually misleading. Second, what's on your reports? Collections, late payments, fraudulent accounts, public records, inquiries. It's best to have an experienced eye review your report with you. If you're currently late on any of your accounts, it's critical to get caught up before engaging in credit repair. That should be your priority. But assuming you're all caught up and you know what derogatory items you have, now you need an effective game plan. You can always dispute the negative items, but auditing creditors is a far more effective option. Talk to a credit professional. You can get guidance and credit coaching free of charge with the folks at White Jacobson Associates, regardless of whether you're a good candidate for credit repair or not.
2: Thank you for listening we are back yes we are back with building wealth together getting back to the basics our other co-sponsors are tamil acker with acker holdings tamil is versed with 10 years plus experience in home inspection roofing home warranties energy and utilities real estate training I know it all to be true that he is excellent because he has done a lot of home inspections for our buyers you can reach him at 972-590-8719 again that's 972-590-8719 our next co-sponsor is royce west jr with miller title west and associates llp they are a full service title company that helps people handle residential and commercial transactions here in Texas. They work with realtors, lenders, homeowners to help them perfect, to protect their transfer of property of title. Their phone number is 214-941-1881. That's 214-941-1881. And I'm your host today, Roz B. Ask Roz B. with Arbrook Realty. And again, you're listening to Building Wealth Together, Back to the Basics. Up next, we have Miss Melanie Williamson with White Jacobs and Associates. She's going to talk about facts over fear. Melanie?
1: Thanks, Roz. Hey, everybody. It is. It's Melanie Williamson, a.k.a. Melanie Michelle, thanks to Rhonda Hutchinson. Hey, um, again, I'm White Jacobson Associates, the credit authority. Rhonda, we are going to talk about that one day. Uh, dude, we're, I'm just waiting for the right time. I am waiting for the white time to go there, but uh, it, it, it's fun. Uh, but my radio name, I, I love it, Melanie Michelle, two first names. And uh, But I'm going to jump back in. Um, I'm here. My company focuses on credit education and credit restoration. For those who want to learn uh, more about their credit, uh, just learn what their credit scores are and where they are, if there are any mistakes, inaccuracies. It's about credit building for some. Uh, and it, for others with less than perfect credit, it's about just regaining uh, what life circumstances kind of took them down to. So if you need to start all over again, this is a good place to start with White Jacobs. Um, so my office is in Plano. And we're definitely in the metroplex. So if you're in the metroplex area and you want to come to my office, you're, I'm available, as well as my team. Uh, but online for everybody out of state, we're available for you too. So today, I'm addressing the just a few of the most common, just one or two of the few most common uh, myths about credit, in hopes that we can, like Ross said earlier, just rethink how we. Uh, look at credit or credit reporting or any other myth or fallacy in relationship to our specific industries. So believe me, personally, I know for uh, personally that misinformation can hold us back and it can keep us from, you know, meeting our goals, living our best life. And for me, that that's critical. And I've, I've become very passionate about helping people reach that next level, higher level and be educated so they'll know better what to do make better choices so the first myth is your income impacts your credit score so um, I've learned in researching a lot of people definitely think that if you have high in income that you just automatically default to good credit and that is definitely a myth um, people with high income they can have really bad credit and and on the other hand if you don't have a lot of money um, you know you can have very good credit so it, it income doesn't matter so basically you have to look at yourself and say what do what do my credit scores look like uh, when was the last time you even checked your credit report or looked at your credit scores so that that would be the critical thing to focus on so it 's not about how much money you make so the bottom line is that your income too is not on your credit report so you don't you can't pull up your credit report and find your income there. So your income is not going to be on your credit report, but what is on there based upon FICO scoring, uh, how you pay or manage your bills is, is essential. That that's pretty much the key. Uh, FICO scoring says, Hey, we're going to look at the total available credit and how much you're using the credit. And that's called your credit utilization. So it is your credit limit to credit balance. How are you, how is that looking? You know, FICO says keep it under 30% of the credit line. Keep your balance under 30% of the credit line. So that that's important to get a higher score. So instead of focusing on, you know, how your income impacts it, focus on, you know, keeping your balances. That, that's one key thing you can do to improve your scores. I
4: have a question, Ms. Melanie. Sure. Uh-oh. And I know this question is asked a lot. Can you explain to our listeners what's the difference maybe between the FICO score and maybe other scoring models that exist? Can you kind of give us a little bit, get a little
1: information on that? Sure. Um, For, um, you know, there's two more common ones and FICO and Vantage scoring are the most commonly used scores. Or scoring models, uh, and they can range from around 300, and, 300 to eight hundred and fifty. So, uh, FICO stands for Fair Isaac Corporation, and it it was founded in back in uh, eighteen eighty nine one hundred and fifty hundred years ago. You know, back there. Uh, but Vantage, it started in two thousand six, and you know the th- three main bureaus formed it: uh, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian got together and formed that. And their goal was to have a simpler approach or design something a little an alternative to the FICO, Um, but they each treat credit data differently, which is one of the main differences. You know, they're focusing on different aspects of the consumer information, and you know, of course, they're they're looking to predict your ability to pay as a consumer. So, my focus and my company's focus, we're focusing on FICO. Because 90% of lenders are using the FICO scoring model. So that's what we typically fo- focus on. So, what I'll do is I'll share more about the FICO scoring model because there are so many uh, scoring models just under FICO mm-hmm. that it is going to be a whole other segment in the future, yeah. which I'll definitely <laughs> address. I'll address okay. that in the near future. Okay. Um, but moving on, um, I, I wanted to tell you that good credit definitely is definitely built up. It's, it's not uh, by osmosis or because of, you know, we have um, income in our money in our account. That's not where it is. is developed because we are intentional about it and we're building it. So we're focusing on education aspect of this at my company. So if, what you can do is basically focus on paying your bills on time. I mean, I know we're in a position right now with COVID and I'm we've already talked about that last week but I'm going to talk again this time in more general terms of just those basics so keeping your credit um, or building your credit and keeping your payments on time is critical. Uh, Setting up auto pays was critical for me uh, when I was going through my own life storm just to get into the rhythm of making sure those payments were made I didn't want anything falling through the cracks and that, that did help improve my uh, situation as well. So uh, hey,
2: Melanie, I got, sure. I got
1: something to ask about
2: that. So a lot of people, you know, we come from an era where we want to control when our payments are coming out, who we pay, how much we pay. So even though, you know, we've advanced to, you know, automatic bill pay and then automatic payment. A lot of people don't want for security reasons anyone to have their debit or credit card or their banking information can you shed some light on I mean if if that's really secure and if that's the best way for people to really make their to ensure they're making their payments on time can you affirm that it's safe or not safe sure
1: Yes, um, the old traditional way, which I talked about last week, which if you mailed your items, like put your checks in the mailbox and mailed them the old way, put a stamp on it, do the snail mail. We've got a a higher level of issues dealing with security breaches with them taking information out of your mailbox and getting your, your safe information. But if you go through your bank, like if I bank at Chase, I can go through bank and set up an automatic bill payment straight from Chase to that um, vendor or to that creditor, which is uh, definitely uh, more safe, and definitely they've got uh, systems in place to keep your information protected. Um, Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yes. That's a very good point. There's a tracking system. Yes, I got a
3: question for you. Somebody, I guess thank, I'm, thank, I'm going to thank Roz and um Rhonda for – they know I'm not media, social media savvy, so they actually helped me to share this morning, and people, I guess, are texting. I guess we did it right, guys. So somebody asked a question in regards to about Experian Boost. How does Experian Boost work? And I see those commercials myself. Is it something that really works to build up your credit, or is that something – it could be from case to case. Does that work?
1: Well – Basically, it's a newer uh, form of utilizing your utilities or your cell phone payments or uh, your rent. Or there, there's multiple ways that people are trying to boost their score in the short term to reach a certain goal. Um, yeah. However, you know when you're boosting for a period of time, like reporting your utilities, that's what that Experian boost is about. However, if you look at the long-term effects of establishing strong credit, like FICO says, you need one installment uh, to to two revolving, which will give you a healthy mix of uh, credit. uh, At least having that mix of credit will contribute to positively of your score. So for the long run in developing sound uh, credit based upon sound accounts on your uh, credit like revolving and trade lines. Uh, I believe that that would be something that would be more firm of a foundation to build on than just boosting through Experian Boost. Nothing, nothing uh, critical about doing that. But in individuals that want to uh, get a quick boost, there are those options out there that are available. Yes. Hey, thank you. Okay. Um, Anyone can email or get in contact with me for offline. And I've got 27 credit analysts that are out there just waiting for people to call with these types of questions. So uh, feel free to do that. Uh, So as I was mentioning before, did I tell you that one late payment can drop your score 60 to 100 points across all three bureaus? That is critical. (laughs) One late. One late. So it is critical that we make our payments on time if we can. So the more we know about credit, the better we're able to manage it guys. You know, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions and there's not enough time today to talk about all the ones that are out there. So uh, right now, just for the sake of, you know, those of us that need to rent apartments, get our cell phone, get our cell phones, get a car, get into a house, and especially Rhonda, the individuals trying to get into the house, and the qualification changes in the credit scores. Mm-hmm. Right now is an excellent time to look at where you are with your credit because getting into a home now, they've in, increased those qualifications, and your credit score needs to be higher, mm-hmm. uh, closer to the six sixty six eighty, and some even want the seven hundreds.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah. So right now, what can you do to increase your credit scores should be the question you ask yourself if you're looking to add on a a purchase like a home or something in the near future. Start working on it within the the six months and that'll that'll get you in the right positioning. So um, the other myth, let's talk about this last myth and I'm going to close out. Um, Closing your accounts will increase your credit score. This is definitely a myth. Myth. So once you close your uh, credit cards, it won't increase, it will decrease your credit score. So, you know, before you go uh, start thinking about, oh, I'm not using this credit card, it's just sitting there, it's been there for 10, 10 years, I barely use it, and, you know, my goodness, that is good critical information that the creditors are going to be looking at to judge you as to whether you are a good candidate for, uh, you know, giving you credit. So you definitely don't want to close those accounts. Uh, So your credit uh, ratio, as we talked about credit utilization before, it is critical to show that you've handled your credit wisely over a long period of time. So that is a really good um, credit building tool that you utilize. Like instead of using the boost, use those trade lines as a strong foundation, which is critical. So just to recap, I just want you to focus on paying your bills on time. Uh, keep your balances under 30% utilization. Don't close those old credit cards that you don't utilize. Charge uh, gas on it or something, or, and then pay it off every month. That would be a better use of it than, than closing it out. Um, and of course, don't apply for too much in a short period of time. We need to be focusing again on checking your credit regularly for errors and inaccuracies. You know so it is it is something right now in the time that we're living in we used to say check it once a year or twice a year now it's like you need to be checking that credit report every quarter or not every month right now because of the number of hackers that we talked about that are out there trying to get credit uh and get information to to utilize so if you're interested in finding out more about these myths and in just any more questions that you may be having when I'm sharing this information, you might just want to understand how you're being scored. We can break that information down. You can reach me at m.williamson at whitejacobs.com and that's whitejacobs with an s.com. My Direct number is 469-403-8394, and of course, like Roz said, you can find us on Facebook page, Building Well Together Radio. Let us know you're listening. Give us your thoughts. We, we really want to hear your questions and feedback. So anyway, next up, we've got Chris Ziegler. He's with the Ziegler Agency, Allstate Insurance. Chris with Allstate. <laughs> Are you there?
3: Yeah, I'm here. Hey guys, how's it going? It's good to be back with the heaven 97 listeners again. And one of the things I'm going to be talking about are myths and fallacies when it comes to life insurance. And you guys know how I am when we're at meetings and stuff like that. You know, I like to keep everything light and have fun. And I do the same thing with my customers. I try to have fun while trying to raise awareness and education. And one of the things I sometimes email out to my customers, I said, there are six reasons you do not need life insurance. Number one, you're never gonna die. Number two, you're gonna inherit a a fortune. Number three, you're going to win the lottery. Number four, your children are gonna support you. Number five, you're never going to retire. And then number six, and we know this is not gonna happen, the government will take care of you. So um, those are some of the fallacies I kind of break the ice with with customers just to kind of loosen them up a little bit. But the two I'm gonna really focus on today is, especially the African American community, people think you have to be at a certain age in order to get life insurance. And then it's another fallacy too, that people think if I have insurance, life insurance at my job, I don't need anything else. And we're talking about building wealth together. And although we as African-Americans are getting better as far as incomes are concerned, we still lag behind our Anglo, our white counterparts and some other ethnicities when it comes to wealth building. And that's what's really huge. Um, One thing you'll find out with, the African-American community, a lot of your people and other ethnicities, they'll start getting life insurance for their kids when they're newborn, you know, right off the bat, right off the cuff. And we as African-Americans, we don't do that. I talk to some people and they'll say, man, that's weird getting a policy on a a child. You expect them to die. And that's not the reason people are doing that. When you buy those policies at a young age like that, what it does is prepare you to get them in a position so when it's time to go to college, you have money that's built up depending on the kind of policy that you have that can pay for that, that college education. It might pay for some other things down the road. But with hey, that being Chris, said, Chris, go ahead. It's,
2: it's Roz. So um, I've heard that term of, you know, when people, they're so excited to have babies and, you know, some people who are educated about getting insurance right when the baby is born. They, they're calling them million dollar babies. And so I, I think that's an excellent thing. And this is great education um, that, you know, we don't have to wait to be grown to get a life insurance policy that could financially impact us in a positive way.
3: I mean, exactly, because, you know, when you get it younger, and two people don't realize, I have some situation right now where some people, I've to them for years about getting it, now they have the retirement age, now they're talking about, you know, trying to get life insurance, and one of the things we like to say sometimes when you hear in the insurance business or it's life insurance business, the older you get is one step closer to the grave, and what happens, too, when you get it at a younger age, you don't, a lot of times, you don't have any of those predisposed you know, illnesses or anything like that. And I have a situation right now where people have waited. Now they've gotten older. The insurance is a little bit more expensive. And then sometimes, unfortunately, they might have developed diabetes or gotten some kind of hypertension. It doesn't write you off from getting life insurance, but they take that into account. And of course, when they take that into account, that will have an effect on how much money you're going to pay for your your life insurance policy. So that's one thing. You really want to do it at an early age. And then two... When you get it young, I have a situation right now where somebody was younger and they were um, diagnosed with a, um, a heart disease and they got the insurance, you know, in advance. But with life insurance, once you have it, it can be taken away. Now, moving forward, that person might have problems getting additional insurance, but they got it in place, so they're fine as far as that's concerned. And they can actually – they actually bought a term policy. And what's neat about a term policy, people ask me that question sometimes. Chris, which is better, term or whole life? I said it depends on you and your situation. And that's one thing I do. I sit down and educate and discuss the different options. Um, Of course, your whole life policies and universal life policies are a little bit more expensive. But my theory is this, and philosophy is this. Sometimes you have to rent before you buy. And what's neat about the term insurance is it's a lot less expensive. But when you get that, over time, you can actually convert it over to a whole life or a universal life policy. And you don't, you're not retire, required, excuse me, to take any other kind of medical uh, examination once you have it. So that's what's neat about that as well.
2: Chris, what are some of the ways people are using their insurance policies other than for uh, a death benefit?
3: Well, and see, that's a, a misnomer too. A lot of people think when you get life insurance, it's for somebody that, is, that dies and is there for the people who are alive after you're gone. I can use myself case in point. Uh, A few years ago, uh, my wife and I had a business venture that we were working on, and I used one of my life policies, took some of the cash value out of that policy in order to, you know, transact a uh, business situation. And a lot of people don't realize that, that depending on what kind of policy that you get, you can get cash value, you can use it for different things. Uh, Depending on how much has built up, I've seen people use it for down payment on a car. Depending on how much is built up, maybe use it for a home, you know, Like when you talk to somebody like Rhonda, a mortgage person. So it's a variance of different things that you can do and use that money for depending on what policy you have.
2: That is great info.
3: And then too, you know, I want to, a misnomer too about people think, well, I have life insurance at work. Don't get me wrong. I tell people all the time, make sure you take full advantage of the insurance that you have at your job. However, you need to make sure that you have something outside of that job. And the first question I always ask my customers is this, I said, is it portable? And they're like, what does portable mean? If you were to leave that job or you were to get laid off, like we're seeing now with the furloughs and layoffs, are you able to take that insurance with you? And if you're not, you need to make sure that you have a policy in place. And I guarantee you probably 99.9% of the companies out there, once you leave that company is not going with you. So you make, need to really, really make sure that you have your own policy in place so if something like that were to happen, you have your own own life insurance in your own hands that you don't have to worry about something else that the company's doing in case you are furloughed or laid off. But I'm not going to take too much of the time so we can get to Roz B, but my name is Chris Ziegler with the Ziegler Agency Allstate, and my motto is customer service with a personal touch. I'm located in Frisco, Texas, but I service the whole metroplex and the whole state of Texas from Brownsville all the way to Texarkana. And my email address is Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Ziggler, Z-E-I-G-L-E-R, at Allstate.com. And you can reach me by phone at 469-535-2500. And I want to thank the people that have been texting while we're online. to ask those questions, and it's going to be back to you, Roz.
2: Awesome, and thank you very much, Chris, and if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Building Wealth Together, and Building Wealth Together Back to the Basics, we are building a foundation and pillars for wealth building, and and how befitting, especially during these times. We'd like to acknowledge our co-sponsors for today, that's White Jacobs and Associates, the Credit Authority. Uh, Mr. Tamil Acker with Acker Holdings. He is versed with 10 years plus experience in home inspections and he's really good y'all. We use him. And he also provides roofing services, home warranties, energy and utilities, and real estate training. And we have experienced some of his training. He's very in depth. You can reach him at, 2 I'm sorry, you can reach him at 972-590-8719. Again that's 972-590-8719. And we'd like to thank Royce West Jr. with Miller Title, West and Associates LLP. They are a full-service title company that's helping people handle their residential and commercial transactions here in Texas. They work with realtors, lenders, homeowners to help them protect and transfer the title of property. They can be reached at 214-941-1881. Again, that's 214 941 I'm Rosby B, as Rosby B, aka Rosalind Booker. I'm the principal broker, CEO of Arbrook Realty. We are a full-service real estate company. I say we're not just real estaters educators we are educators we actually need to know a little bit about every one of the industries that you've heard from today and uh, we just thank our co panel and our uh, co-host today uh, for all of that great valuable information that so we're gonna talk about a myth in the real estate industry concerning homeowners okay so i know this is a scary time some people don't know if they're going to be able to hold on some people have really struggled to this point to stay in their homes they've been paying their mortgages diligently um and here in texas we're a leader in job creation uh we are a leader in the real estate industry it's booming it's booming and i would say it is still booming and with that you have gained and accumulated a lot of equity and you want to keep that equity, right? Well, if you've consulted Rhonda about, you know, what you should be doing next concerning a forbearance and if you're not quite back to work, you know, what's the next step? She's probably gonna tell you to, you know, contact, you know, your lender to see if you could get a loan modification. But what happens after loan modification, and you cannot afford to stay where you are, and your credit, after you spoke with Melanie, uh, is not up to par, and we just can't get you where you need to be in enough time because the clock is ticking. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to leave and walk away from your home just yet. There is still hope. Okay, I want to tell you about. Um, short sale. I'm not going to get too much into it today. That's another segment. I just kind of wanted to connect the dots and piggyback, piggyback on some of the questions that you guys may be having about what to do next. But I'll go ahead and uh, share with you uh, a myth and a fallacy. Okay, you have eye buyers out there. I do mean the little slanted eye buyers, eye buyers. Um, These are companies that have been established that may contact you, Mr. or Mrs. Seller. Uh, You may get a door hanger. You may get a postcard in the mail. You may get a letter. They may even robocall you. They've gotten your phone number somehow. And you're like, how did they find out about my home? How did they know potentially I may be in trouble? how did they really know I have X amount of dollars in equity? Uh, That's another time we will share how they're getting your information, but just understand you've been contacted and um, they're saying we can buy your home. We would like to offer you a cash deal right here on the spot. We need you to sign and it's no hassle. It's really convenient. Uh, and we're going to net you a lot at closing. You don't need a realtor. Matter of fact, bypass the realtors. Matter of fact, the realtors are not doing their job. You get where I'm going. <laughs> well, <laughs> you <know what> I'm- <laughs> wow.
1: Well, Roz, what, what's the difference? What's the main key difference of the benefit of having a realtor over the iBuyers?
2: Thank you. I'm so glad that you asked that question. There are a lot of people called FISBOs for sale by owners who opt not to use a real estate professional because everyone, I would even want to save money on commissions. You know, how about not paying one commission and how about not paying two commissions for the listing agent and the selling agent? I'll do it myself. The market's great, right? Well, the difference between using an iBuyer and a real estate professional is that real estate professional has the accreditation, number one. Uh, If they are a realtor, they are held to a higher standard based on the National Association of Realtors. They have to be competent. They have to treat everyone fair. They have to work in that particular seller's best interest. Number two, they have extensive knowledge of that particular community they know the trends, they know the market, they know how quickly homes are selling. And number three, they have marketing experience in terms of knowing the latest digital technology, photographs, 3D tours, virtual tours, you know? So they have the knowledge in marketing. The truth is, people look online eight to nine months, online at beautiful pictures of homes, they look eight to nine months before they ever contact a realtor to help them find a home. So a lot of homes are sold based on what people see online. And what homeowners need to understand is the realtors have access to MLS, Multiple Listing Service. That MLS syndicates, meaning it has legs, it has arms, it syndicates to all of the major portals where potential buyers are looking like zillow, zillow realtor.com so mls allows their home to be marketed to thousands upon thousands of people you know all at one time so the buyers come in let's go back to that They come in and they traditionally do make a cash offer and they can close within seven days, in a few days. However, during the period where they're getting the home inspected, that's where they get hung up, meaning the sellers are disappointed a lot of times because that iBuyer comes back and says, oh, well, here's the scroll of fees repairs that need to be made and by the way we are not going to buy this house unless you come down 10 20 30 40 60 thousand so what ends up happening our homeowners are left in a position because nine times out of ten that homeowner for convenience maybe don't want people in and out for showings maybe there's a sick parent at home or maybe they need to relocate really, really quickly, and they found that that iBuyer's offer was more attractive than working with a realtor because what there are no commissions. But by the time the fees are racked up and assessed, the iBuyer traditionally comes out winning, 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 and most homeowners are left depleted with thirty up to thirty percent less of the proceeds that they could have walked away with by using a real estate professional. It has been proven that homes that are sold using a professional real estate person sell much, much higher than iBuyers. So that's what we have for you today. Um, I just wanted to make a round robin Allow everybody to share their contact information, and I will start. Uh, if I can be of any assistance and help provide you with an extensive comparable market analysis on what your home is worth today, I'm talking about the real numbers. Call me at 972-679-9311. Again, that's 972 679 nine three one one and back to you Rhonda hi listeners
4: again yes I am Rhonda Hutchison I am the lone lioness I'm with PRMG Uh, I know mr. Chris had asked me of a question about alternative for uh, forbearance or deferment and yes you can give me a call let's talk about possibly refinancing your home that is the best uh, alternative if you're in the position to have some equity, so give me a call at 214-856-3747, or you can send me an email at rhutchison at prmg.net. And of course, you can reach us on the Building Wealth Together radio on Facebook, and you can also reach out to us at 469-795-1708. And once again, my name is Rhonda Hutchison, with PRMG. I am the Lone Lioness and I'm here to help everyone build wealth together.
1: And it's Melanie Michelle here, uh, Melanie Williamson with White Jacobson Associates. I'm here if you're interested in finding out more about those credit myths and understanding your credit score and just to get knowledge on how you can rebuild it if it's gone through a little bit of damage. Uh, reach me at 469. 469- 403-8394 or just shoot me an email m Williamson at whitejacobs with an s.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.
3: And once again, this is Chris Ziegler with the Ziegler Agency Allstate located in Frisco, Texas. And I'm a full service insurance agent. I do, of course, home, auto, life insurance renters, boats and motorcycles but i do commercial and um i do uh bonds and everything like that as well and i can be reached at 469-535-2500 and my email address is chris ziegler c-h-r-i-s-z-e-i-g-l-e-r at allstate.com and I want to thank everyone who was sending messages either by text or to my facebook And once again, go to 469-795-1708 if you have any questions, because I have questions for Rhonda and some of the other people as well. Thank you. Back to you, Ross.
2: Awesome, and thank you once again. You've been listening to Building Wealth Together, Back to the Basics. Thank you so, so, so much. We're here every first, second, third, and fourth Saturdays at the high noon hour we call it an hour of power we're building wealth together through real estate credit mortgage lending and insurance that's the foundation those are the pillars you can find us and follow us on facebook building wealth together radio and if you didn't happen to catch each one of those numbers individually you can give us a call collectively at 469-795 1708. Again, that is 469-795-1708. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining.
3: You have been listening Thank you guys. to Building Wealth Together. Be sure to follow this program on Facebook and Instagram. And for more information, call four six nine-seven nine five-one seven zero eight. Tune in every first, second, third, and fourth Saturday. For building wealth together on Heaven 97 KHBN.
2: The views and opinions expressed on
1: all radio programs broadcast on KHVN are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of KHVN or Mortensen Broadcasting.
5: Hello and welcome to another edition of Discoveries in Health. I'm your host Chris McKay and I'm really glad you're with me today because today we're gonna be talking about an issue that affects each and every one of us and that's stress and believe it or not whether it's job stress financial